Okay, PSA for people listening. If you are offered your file, do not look at it. No, everybody's going Make to now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rites of Passage with me, Annie Rooks, where we discuss life in our 20s. And today we will be focusing on mental health in your early 20s and what it even means to maintain a good mental health. Hello, everybody. Editing Annie here. And I do want to just give you all a quick trigger warning. Um, Today we will be talking about some more serious stuff on mental health and therapy and what all of that might entail. So um, if you are not in the headspace for that right now, no worries. We want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself first and foremost. All right, back to regular Annie. Today we have one of my favorite people, my very lovely friend Miranda is joining us today. Miranda, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hello everybody. Uh, My name is Miranda. I feel so um, blessed to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. And yeah, I mean, I'm from I'm from Georgia, so I I don't know. I, whenever people are like, "Do you want to introduce yourself?" Suddenly, I forget everything about myself. Okay, I'll, I'll help. I'll help you. <laughs> out. Um, first of all, you say you're from Georgia, but where are you right um, now? Right. So I'm from Georgia, but right now I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland. So I've been here since September. It's my my study abroad year. Um, I'm a junior in college. I go to Bowdoin College in Maine. So I'm a I'm a long way away from home, basically. And she also worked with us and hopefully Josh will, will be yes. on the podcast soon. Um, our little group <laughs> chat from the summer. But um, yeah, we had a great time. We both love working with mm-hmm. kids and, and teaching. Uh, definitely being very real with young adults because our students were like 13 to 15. And I know for myself, a large part of my responsibility, I felt like, was being honest with them about what being mm. an adult actually looks like and not kind of just giving them some false standards yeah. or false expectations. Um, so today we're talking about mental health. Why were you interested in doing this episode? Miranda? Yeah, um, I think for me, I, you know, I've definitely had, I've had my fair share of, of um, mental health struggles and, you know, I, I try to seek out podcasts sometimes around mental health. And um, so for me, I have experience living with OCD, anxiety, depression. Um, and so a lot of times these these podcasts that I seek out, I don't really feel like I relate to them. Or sometimes I, sometimes they're just hard to digest, I guess. You know, it depends on like the headspace you're in. But I think it's like hard to relate to some because they're older, like maybe they're like 40 years old or, you know, they coming, they're coming from different backgrounds than me. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I wanted to come on this mental health podcast and maybe give some people something to listen to if they can relate to it. And if not, then just to talk to you and your listeners. (laughs) Um, When you say like, you feel like most podcasts um, don't relate to you, what what do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, I guess for me, um, so when I, sometimes when I seek out podcasts, for example, about anxiety, um, it's less on living with anxiety and more on how you can better your life um, while having anxiety. Like, these are the steps you can take to, like, reduce your anxiety. But the thing is, honestly it's so hard to do that and sometimes I just want to hear about other people's like experience like 
what is anxiety? How has it affected their life for them? Um, and the same with OCD, you know, OCD, I, you know, um, it's a common understanding about OCD that it manifests in like cleaning, like obsessive cleaning. And while that can be true, it's not entirely true for a lot of people. Um, There's so much more. (laughs) Yeah, there's so much more to it. So yeah. Yeah. OCD uh, from my psychology Mm. point of view is like insanely misunderstood. (laughs) And one of my favorite things that I actually learned in Psych 101 Mm. that has really stuck with me uh, through all four years of college was that um, when people think of OCD, they actually are thinking most times of OCPD, which is Obsessive Compulsive Personality (laughs) Disorder. And that one is the tendency to be really neat and clean and like straight lines. (laughs) And OCD is like a completely different beast. And whenever people, you know, will be like, oh my gosh, I'm so OCD about this. So sorry. So sorry. I'm like, okay, yeah. shut up. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. It really bugs me. Have you had people oh. say around you like, oh, I'm so OCD? Absolutely. And sometimes people will say like, oh, I'm just like a little OCD with it. I'm like, what do you, what's like, what's that mean? <laughs> like, can I be a little? Like, that would be, that would... and you know, it's not like, I totally understand it's not their fault for saying that. It's just so widely misunderstood. So, yeah, that's another reason, like, with this podcast, like, you know, we can dive into it a bit. But, yeah, it's just mental health is just this big term. And then these terms like OCD, anxiety, depression are also these big terms that I think they get thrown around quite a lot. And there are other... There are, all, there are other terms we can use. Like, you don't have to try to relate to those, you know? You know, if you don't have anxiety, that's, <laughs> that's okay. okay. You don't, that, that's totally yeah. fine. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? They become really, like, hot button mm-hmm. topics. Um, and also, okay, anxiety and depression are two hard ones because the words themselves are just adjectives. And then they have a separate component of an actual mental disorder. And so, like, you can be feeling anxious Mm -hmm. but not have anxiety as a disorder. You can be depressed but not have depression as (laughs) a disorder. So, like, you might not have major Mm -hmm. depression, but, like, yeah, you're sad. And that's totally valid. But, like, saying, oh, I'm so depressed today is really hard. Um, I don't know if you've seen this TikTok sound. But also, side note, I feel like I, I end up in so many conversations now being like, have you heard the sound on TikTok? But there's a sound where it's like, I didn't realize like depression is so bad. Some people don't even shower. And then the other person is like, depression is so bad. Some people kill themselves. I don't know why, but that was like the funniest sound to me because I feel like people are like, oh, like, oh my, wait, those go together? Yeah, Whoa. exactly. They're like, hold on. Hold on a minute. Like showering somehow is like, oh my god, how could they not? And then you're like, what? what? Like, going No, I haven't heard that sound, but that's that's so, so like it's like it's like so accurate, especially when when talking about you know these these disorders. People are like, oh yeah, like I heard that some people can't even get out of bed, and like some people can't keep living. Like that is rough. Like, <laughs> This is it, babes. Like, like, what do you mean? I think a lot of times it makes more sense to them when, like, like, okay, I'm talking specifically for, like, neurotypical Mm -hmm. people 
who also have like no background in psychology mm-hmm. or therapy. Um, I think it makes it a lot easier to mm-hmm. understand when we're like, some people can't get out of bed and eat breakfast right. because they're like, that's something that happens to me when I'm mm-hmm. sad. But a lot of people never have, this got really dark really fast. Um, some people never have like suicidal ideation. Yeah. And so that just is something that is so far mm-hmm. removed from them mm-hmm. that it's just, it's incomprehensible. But saying like, oh, they can't shower, I think maybe makes them more tangible, yeah. makes it more real. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. I, de- I definitely think that's true. And I think it is just, something about human nature of just if there's something that you don't quite understand you try to put it in perspective of like your life experiences so that is very that's very true of like that's the way that they can can process it like yeah that that's very accurate but it's like I think the the tricky part is that when you're in conversations with people and they're they're processing it in the way that makes sense to them it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily make sense to you, like if you're living with, you know, um, anxiety disorder or depression. So that's where I think that's where the, that block comes up and just kind of the disconnect in the conversation. But honestly, I don't really know if there's anything to be done about that, except like, I guess, just educating yourself more on, you know, mm-hmm. on these disorders um, and mental health in general. But that's that's with anything really, right? Yeah, that is with everything. So can I ask when you were diagnosed or you figured out that you had these yeah. mental uh, illnesses? <laughs> yeah. So growing up, so I grew up in, I grew up in the South um, and I grew up in a community where you don't really talk about, um, you don't, or I won't say community. I'll say my own household. We didn't talk about mental health. Um, we didn't talk about anxiety or depression. And it's just something that none of us were educated on. Um, so growing up with that, I felt like an odd kid. Um, because so for me, my OCD manifests in ways of like, I have, um, I have like worrying thoughts. And you know, it's with OCD, the best way I can describe it is just it's like a drain and this thought is like circling, circling, but it's never ending. And yeah. Um, That's a really great. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. So um, I was also like, I was terrified to go to bed at night. What's the reason? Who knows? But I was just so convinced <laughs> that I was like, not going to make it out. Like of what? I don't know. <laughs> of the night. <laughs> but I was, when they was gonna get you I was so convinced of this and so that that was like an every every day experience for me and I didn't quite understand why other peers like my peers my own age why they weren't so like why they didn't feel so heavy like I did you know um yeah and so honestly it wasn't until I started going to therapy. So I started going to therapy actually last spring. Wow. So last spring, I started going to therapy. Before that, I was doing my own research on anxiety, OCD, depression. And I was like, hmm, this is adding up. What's this? This looks a little too familiar. Exactly. And so, yeah. And then, um, I started going to therapy. I started seeing um, professionals and yeah, I was diagnosed. So my, 
I was diagnosed last last spring. And once once I was diagnosed, I was like, oh, okay, this is making sense. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. A diagnosis can be so powerful. Yeah. And it's really interesting from like a psychology point of view, as someone who has studied it mm-hmm. and is planning to become a therapist, and also as someone who has anxiety mm-hmm. um that everyone was very confused about um because I was very high functioning as right. a kid and so it didn't make a right. lot of sense it wasn't holding me back a lot um but in my mind it was yeah. and we're on the fifth version of the DSM right now um and that is what has all of the symptoms in it to help uh, professionals make a diagnosis. So typically, um, say there's 10 symptoms of um, generalized anxiety disorder, uh, which I believe there's more, but um, you would need, say, seven of the 10 in order to qualify for a diagnosis. But what's really interesting, I feel, is that right now, as one of my professors says, there's no, you know, like cotton swab that you can say, oh yeah, we ran it through the machine and you have depression. Right. And more of that is coming with neuroimaging. Mm. We're starting to see more of that of what parts of the brain function uh, better or worse and what parts are lighting up. Um, But realistically, the main way we are diagnosing still to this day is completely based on symptoms. Um, And it's just really interesting to me because a diagnosis means so, so much. And I feel like it can be such a relief in a lot of ways, but it also is literally just you stating your symptoms <laughs> and saying, yeah, other people have those symptoms. Like, it's not even like they're like, yeah, you have a deficit mm-hmm. of this or that. It's just, oh yeah, other people feel this way yeah. too. And still it is so relieving um, and just, it can make such yes. a difference. Yeah. Even if you're diagnosing honestly I'm not a web md stan but if you are seeing that other people have those issues just not feeling alone I feel like is half the battle yeah it definitely is I remember I first talked to my doctor um up up at my college and she had me like fill out these surveys um because I was like oh I can't sleep I don't even know why I went to the doctor in the first place I think it was because of sleep (laughs) and then I filled out these surveys and yeah, so, like, that's when the conversation began. She was like, so, you're depressed, you know, you're anxious. Yeah. And I said, hold on, I did not come here for this. So, at first, I wasn't ready. But then I, like, started seeing therapists and, like, professionals, and that's when, like, diving into it, I'm like, okay, thank you. I wasn't quite ready to hear that, like, on a Tuesday afternoon. But I appreciate it. Yeah. You're like, I thought I had strep throat. What is going on? What is happening? (laughs) What is this? That's wild. Wow. So, okay. Did you see a therapist through your college? Yeah. So that's how I first started seeing a therapist was through my college. And um, yeah, so I just want to say like therapy is... So, like, it's just not available to so many people and communities. Um, and, like, it wasn't available for me growing up. So going to my, my college now, it's free. Um, and due to, like, my circumstances, I got in very quickly. Um, so seeing her, I started seeing her weekly. Love. All love. All love. Oh. 
we okay first and foremost we love therapy yes. on this podcast yes huge fan if you have the availability and resources mm-hmm. to try to go into therapy I would recommend it to every single yeah, person absolutely. Um, that being said I completely agree and we can get into like just how fucked up the therapy industry right. is later because it's actually really interesting from the therapist perspective as well I've recently mm-hmm. learned um but I would love to know, I've heard a lot of really bad, I don't want to say horror stories, but not great uh, encounters with mm-hmm. therapists through college. Right. Um, was Did you have a good experience <clears throat> with the college counselor or, or not counselor, the therapist right. or? Yeah. So what was your experience? Basically for me, um, so my experience, I would say was good, but I know that I got lucky in, in that sense. Um, also Bowdoin, Bowdoin's, um, Bowdoin's a uni, I go, or not uni. <laughs> I'm over here in Scotland. I keep saying uni. Bowdoin's the college I go to. <laughs> um, and the, the counseling department is like known to be good, but it definitely has like many flaws. And also there's just not enough like therapists for the students, but I got lucky um, just because I, I clicked with her um, and she, I just need somebody to listen to me really. And that's what she did. However, I, so I couldn't see her since I was abroad. So I started seeing another therapist and it was a completely different experience for me. Um, they're very, yeah, so they're very different. So my therapist I have now, personally, I think she like pushes me and it was in a way I wasn't, at first I was like very taken aback by it. Um, this is the new therapist. Yes, yes. So I've been seeing her since they- December. Are they abroad or is this telehealth? Um, it's it's she she's in Edinburgh, but we see each other virtually. Yeah, so it's because of her that I am like making a lot of life changes in a way. Um, and she's pushed me that in a, in such a way that I feel I don't know. I feel like I've unlocked this part of me that's like courageous and brave and like I can do these hard things you know and um yeah she's really helped me with that so I definitely think yes I I feel very fortunate and very like lucky um to have found her but I think that with therapy it all depends on like where are you at right now what do you know that you can handle and if your therapist isn't working for you like if you can find a new one, find a new one. You know what I mean? Um, I know that's a lot easier said than done, but it's like you don't want to be with somebody that's harmful in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah because funny. I've also heard that's- a lot of horror stories. Yeah, with with college therapists, but also with just therapists just not – they're not clicking with the patient basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's really surprising to me how many bad stories I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I just want to say again how <laughs> impressed I am that you not only, like, you're saying you are being more courageous, but also, like, you went and did a year abroad. Yeah. <laughs> so even going into that, your mindset must have been very brave to do that. Yeah. Um, and then even just 
someone there is is really hard Mm -hmm. just like starting over and finding that especially for people who are anxious (laughs) or depressed like is especially hard right like so (laughs) like that doesn't go no exactly so um so that's just really awesome but I will say I from a therapist perspective I recently learned that um in order (laughs) this is so fucked up (laughs) in order to um, accept a client and have their insurance cover mm. the therapy, you have to diagnose them. Oh, I did not know that. Which is really interesting because otherwise, so say you're having totally real valid issues. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to say like any kind of mental health issues. One is more or less important than another. Um, anxiety disorder looks very different yeah. than being really anxious it looks very different very stressed or not getting enough sleep um they just are different things um and so like if say you're having uh trouble with um your partner and you want to come in not for couples therapy but just you want to come in and work on your own stuff Mm -hmm. um that therapist in most cases uh, in order to accept insurance will have to diagnose you so that you can keep seeing them even though you most likely, or I don't know if it's mm-hmm. most likely, but you might not be in for that. You might not have anything, right. but they're most likely going to say, oh, seems like you're a little anxious. We're going to say you have anxiety disorder so that we can note that for the insurance so you can keep yeah, coming. Yeah. Wow. Right? Wow. Like, that just feels so gross and like we're gatekeeping therapy in the weirdest way. It's like, that's actually something is like clicking so basically when I left my my home uni or my whole my home college (laughs) who am I when I left Bowdoin my therapist she gave me or not my therapist um my doctor they gave me my file um which is like whoa your file yeah so and she literally was like you can read this if you want but it's very like clinical um the the term and it's like this thick little folder that's like you know it's bright yellow and I'm like okay like thank you because like basically I needed like when I would go and find another therapist or doctor I need to give them this and so I'm like I was like okay so of course I'm gonna read it because <laughs> duh you can't exactly exactly and no I wish I didn't read it though but basically I'm like flipping through it and it's like yeah like generalized anxiety disorder depression and I'm like well hold on I'm a person like what's this so I don't know what I was expecting but that's interesting I guess I guess that's so like there's that diagnosis so that they would take my insurance interesting yeah and also it's interesting that you say like I'm a person and it's true when you're reading through it it doesn't feel like a person it feels just like a glob of symptoms you know became a human somehow and it's like no like there's too much more to it like you know obviously everyone has these different histories and these different thoughts in their head but we have such broad scopes for disorders that you know your OCD and someone else's most likely look very very different Mm -hmm. but you're both going to just have one diagnosis exactly yeah yeah wow that's wild (laughs) I kind of want to see my that's interesting no 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 i I recommend not 
this is really late in the actual podcast to be explaining this, but I do want to actually give the definition for mental mm-hmm. health. Um, so it's kind of long. It's from the American Psychological Association, the APA. Um, and so basically, they just define mental health as a state of mind characterized by emotional well-being, good behavioral adjustment, relative freedom from anxiety and disabling symptoms, and a capacity to establish constructive relationships and cope with the ordinary demands and stresses of life. I found this interesting because for some reason, in my mind, when I think of mental health, I think of mental health issues. Right. I don't great mental right. health. No one ever is like, how's your mental health today? And someone's like, fantastic. <laughs> like that's not a conversation that usually ever. happens, but it's so much more complicated. It's so it's so much more complicated. And like I talked to one of my friends about this and something like a conclusion that she's came to is mental health is like health for her, you know, like it's just looking after your health. And that's so like I really like that because you know when people think of like mental health and ways to look after it, some people think of um okay, like a good way of looking after your mental health is journaling for 30 minutes a day, um, meditating, like these, these things that, and they feel like tasks, you know, like, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in a depressive state, um, when your anxiety, like is just super high, you're not able to sit down and journal for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I guess like for me, like taking, like looking after yourself and also relating to like looking after your health you know, even just like making breakfast can, that's something that's like, oh, that's such a good way of, of boosting whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, breakfast is like, I have a little oatmeal, I heat it up in a microwave, I have my coffee and that's my daily routine. Um, and for yeah. me, a routine is really good for my health, but I know that's not the same for everybody else, you know? Yeah. I have also found that I typically like there's a part of my brain that's like, let's rebel and not do routine. Yeah. Like, that'll really show them. I don't know who them is. Me at a later date, I guess. But like, but routine is so good yeah. for me. Um, I've also been trying to well, just go back to routine for a second. I will say the program that we worked mm-hmm. at was bananas but (laughs) there was a lot of routine and honestly it was helpful like part was really nice Mm -hmm. like I knew I was in bed by a certain time I knew I was oh you're waking up at a certain time all right that's for sure (laughs) and I don't know I think that there is something to be said for that and even if that's um I know that like being in high school is incredibly difficult and I think that's when my anxiety was at its worst realistically but I do think the fact that I knew what was happening each day in that sense was really helpful. Um, With college, I literally will like map out my classes so that I have a visual picture in my head so that I know exactly what's going to be happening. And all of that is really, really good for me. Like I like to coat stuff and all that and it makes things easier. Um, I also have, okay, so I've been trying to do I have this idea in my mind of a quieter, stiller okay, life, okay? okay. It's so ridiculous because life is so fast and that's just not the way that we live right now. But I've been trying to take like small steps towards okay. it. So I've been trying to not use my phone for the first 15 minutes after I wake up. 
I have an Apple watch. I set a timer on my watch. And, you know, if I'm like, if someone is calling me, I would see it on my watch as well. So like, I wouldn't miss it. But realistically, I think to myself, like, okay, like, if they didn't need me up until right now, they can go. (laughs) Yeah, Like, nobody's dying for me in the next 15 minutes. They should wait another 15 for the response. Um, And I've been doing that. And it's been so, so helpful Mm -hmm. for me. Because, and I'm not doing it every day. Because some days, that's just not where my mental health is. And I wake up and I'm like, yeah, in order to get through the next 20 minutes, I need to distract myself on my phone. And that is a neutral thing like I I don't see it as a good or bad thing I'm just like this is how this is how it is yeah yeah how it is and understanding that as like just things are neutral this is a neutral stimulus has also been really important for me but yeah so I've been trying to be not on my phone for the first 15 minutes and then oftentimes I'll realize like I need another 15 more or I can go longer periods of time but I am someone who likes to have constant stimuli Mm -hmm. like I want music playing while I'm typing and I want to show while I'm on my phone (laughs) literally Annie you're in my head (laughs) I feel so stupid like I'll be watching a show and I'm literally on my phone I'm like oh my god what are you doing so I've been trying to like take it a little bit slower it also helps me get out of bed because it's so easy to just sit in bed and be mm-hmm. on my phone. but if I don't have my phone I'm like well what am I gonna do here <laughs> so yeah that's definitely been one thing that I've been doing and then I've been trying to do one meal a day without screens. okay okay it hasn't been going great but I've been but trying. you're trying I'm- you're trying that's what matters no um have you found anything that's been specifically helpful for you within like routines or just anything? Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Um, I love like the concept of a stiller life. So for me earlier, I do a journal. I try to journal every day, not for 30 minutes. I, I'm like two little pages. That'll, that'll, that'll do it. Two pages yeah. a lot. Um, so I try to do that, but in the mornings I actually, so I wake up and I've been trying, um, each morning I say good morning. I'm like, no, I feel, so I feel really silly doing it, but I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm in bed and I'm like, oh, good morning. Like good morning world. Good morning. My friends. I feel like kind of like a Disney princess in a way. I love this. Wait, I, it's, I'm absolutely adopting yes, that if that's do it, all right. because it's so cute. It's such a cute way to start your day. <laughs> I feel like the birds are going to fly <laughs> yes. over to you and like sit on your arm and chirp. So I've been trying to do that. And then um, I also take, um, I sometimes I, I'm an evening shower person, but lately I've really liked the morning showers. So I've been doing that. And I have like lavender essential oil. So I like put it in my little shower and it's nice. So that's, that's kind of like my routine. Um, and then I, I do a lot of walking here in general, just because on my way to classes, I go up like this steep hill that's almost completely vertical. It's not being dramatic, but I go <laughs> But yeah, the the routine is um, it's important. I also I really like to walk each day. Um, I wish like I've lately I've been feeling this urge to run, but I haven't enacted on that urge yet. So I'm like a little walk will do. However, <laughs> I'm a big I'm big on dancing. So 
Yes, yes. I love, love dancing. Um, and I just dance in my room. So I'll put my headphones on. I'm just doing little moves here and there. Um, and I really like it. And then I'm like, oh, my heart's beating so fast. So it's nice. It's like a little workout, you know? Um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. but that's like, that's ways that help me just kind of movement. Um, and then just like, I don't know, picture myself and a cartoon. Yeah, birds coming in in the morning, saying good morning. But it's like, I like to start my day off trying to start it off on a good note. But um, it's hard, though. Like, you, you know, you wake up, at least for me, I feel like I wake up and I don't know what my mood's going to be, you know. I'm like, what dreams did I have last night? That affects it, too. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Especially if you don't remember them, sometimes you're just in a bad mood and you don't know yeah. why. And then your whole day is off and you feel like it's your fault. It's, it's it is weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I have found um, is yoga, but I sometimes will get overwhelmed with the yoga that is like tries to make it into a mm-hmm. workout instead of just being like calming. calming. Yeah. Finding like that yoga can just be like nice, uh, mindful stretching yeah. has been really for me um and there's actually um a person on youtube who has like this trauma-informed hip Mm -hmm. release yoga um and it's really really nice and it's it's just she has a line that i actually have on my vision board uh because i liked it so much that says the only permission you need is your own and she just said it throughout the entire thing and so she's like if you guys don't feel comfortable in this position you can do what you want the only permission you need is your own and that just like that small sentence just made so much sense to me and was so validating that like I was looking to this person in the screen who cannot respond to me (laughs) to tell me like oh is it okay if I do this instead like she can't say anything Annie you're gonna have to make that executive call and just always trusting that that call will be the right call because taking care of my body was so empowering Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways oh I love that yeah I really do love that and like I'll drop that meditation in the in the Bible because honestly I like um yeah that reminds me of something to my therapist so I have like the great wave behind me and so when I was in therapy you know she can see that and she was like that that wave reminds me of something that we talk about in therapy and basically you can see like there's little there's boats in the waves and she said something she said and it really sticks with me let me know if it resonates with you but is um how do you take care of your boat and it's like Mm -hmm. you see this and you're like oh my god those waves are going to engulf them like it's going to destroy the boat they'll be stranded at sea but you know, maybe, maybe that morning you went to the boat and you like repaired something, you know, you like put a little nail here. Um, you put life jackets on, I don't know, something like that, but it's like, how are you going to take care of your boat? So I love love that. that. And like, for me, I do it in really small ways. Like I think of taking care of my boat as, okay, I'm going to make my bed. Um, I'm going to, you know, make some lunch. I'll grab a coffee to go. Um, I love treating myself. My bank account does not, but I still love it. So yeah, it's these little things. And every time I'm like, I'm taking care of my boat so nobody can say anything. It's yeah, it feels yeah. good. Your boat is just really aesthetic now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's looking great. Um, 
I love that. It um when you were saying the wave thing, I thought you were gonna say like something along the the lines of like, you know, everything comes and goes and it comes in waves and yeah. all that. And it made me think of another thing, which at this point we're just like sharing our favorite little things that we tell <laughs> yeah. ourselves. But honestly, I'm here for it. Um and I have it on my phone. Um, the, I saying that was originally in Hebrew. It's Gamze Yavor, and it means this too shall pass, and which is like a very famous saying. But I really liked it because the backstory of it was that um, this famous king was. This is the story. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. true, but he um, sent away on this sent someone away on this impossible mission, and he said, "Go find me a saying that will make me happy when I'm sad, and sad when I'm happy." And everyone was like, that's a fool's mission. That can't happen. That's literally impossible. And this person comes back with a ring that says, this too shall pass. And of course, when he's sad, it makes him happy. And when he's happy, it makes him sad. And I think about this all the time because uh, a lot of life is learning to live in the, like, I don't want to say in the neutrals, but in, in not the extremes. Um, and being okay with mundane things being your life. Like, life doesn't always have to be grand gestures and romance and, you know, sadness and just, like, all the intense parts of it. Like, a lot of life is just kind of the middle part. And if you enjoy that part, then life is going to be a lot more enjoyable. Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that saying before, of course, but I hadn't heard the, the backstory behind it. So, wow, that's pretty powerful. I know. The backstory is so cute. <laughs> so for you, Miranda, how has having uh, struggles with mental mm-hmm. health impacted your life? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that it impacted my life from – so, I mean, for me, I have um, – so it's something called CPTSD, so like complex, yeah, PTSD, just from like my childhood um, and childhood events. But basically, for me, my mental health has like these these issues that I've struggled with, you know, OCD, anxiety, depression. Um, I've been struggling with them since I was a kid, and I didn't know it. Right. I think the not knowing, not having words to put to your feelings and your experience, that's what's so hard and challenging and heavy because you don't understand why are you like feeling different than what other people are feeling, like you can tell. Um, so yeah, it's it's impacted my life in a way that I always felt like I was very distant from the people around me, except for um, mainly like my sisters growing up. So we were, we were very close. But as I got older, I started understanding more of like why I'm feeling the way I am, what my thoughts are. Um, And I think a big thing, especially with people with OCD, is just acknowledging that you're not your thoughts and your thoughts don't control you. Um, That's something that I've like kept remind myself, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that it's impacted my life in a way that I was going to say that I think it's made me stronger, but I'm going to redact that because it it has not made me stronger. Um, it has not made me stronger. So I'm just going to keep it real. I think that... Yeah, that's, that's really real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that it has 
my the struggles that I've dealt with I am very empathetic to other people um and I feel I I just feel for a lot of people um because I know what it's like to really struggle and I don't know I mean it's impacted so much in my life it's impacted my academics my relationships with people romantically friend friendship wise but I will say that I have found such amazing friends and um, like a support system, especially with my sisters. And that is like the biggest thing. I feel it's it's a privilege to be able to say that. So um, I know not everybody has a support system, but I think that's where that's where that's when it comes in that you have to be there for yourself at the end of the day. Um yeah. But how has it impacted your life, Annie? Can I throw it back on you? Um, first, I just want to say that, I mean, I know that it has impacted you and your life and your friendships, but truly, I, I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it, but anyone who is in your life is really, really lucky to be there. Um, I feel like you really touch people in a way that you, when you say like you have empathy for them, I think it just, it like shines through you. Oh. Um, and people can just tell that you're someone who will understand or will try their best. Oh, thank um, you, Amy. But <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't know. Mine is hard because it's I learning I had anxiety was at the same time I learned that I had um like that I had chronic pain. So my chronic pain journey and my mental health journey have unfortunately been have become one one thing yeah. in a weird way. I become intertwined in a weird way. I definitely think that learning what is going on in my mind from a neurological perspective has been one of the best things that's ever happened for me. Um, There's the long standing psych joke is that you're either in psych because you're perfectly normal and want to help other people or because more likely you want to help figure out how to fix yourself. And it's like still somewhat true, but um (laughs) It's an interesting question of how it's impacted my life because right. it has been almost all of my life. Right. So it's hard to like dissect to like, separate. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it's it's not it's not clear cut. It's not just like one, you know, my anxiety and my life. They're 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 together right. um in a lot of ways. But I don't I think I've learned I think I've learned how strong I am. Yes. Um in a lot and I don't think it's made me stronger but I will say as you said what I was thinking about was um I don't like the saying everything happens for a reason I used to think that and then I I thought about it a bit more and I was like no (laughs) um but I do really firmly believe that everything happens and I trust myself enough to give it a reason and to give it a reason that I will learn from that I will grow from and Although there was not an inherent lesson to be learned or strength to be gained, I believe in myself in, at this point enough to gain something from that experience. So not everything happens for a reason, but everything happens and I will give it a reason to make me better and stronger. Yes. And I think that's the best way of phrasing like how how it's impacted me. But really, it's almost impossible to, yeah. to dissect. Yes, I love that. I love that. I love yeah. it. Wonderful. Well, I do have one quote that I would like to end with. I have a few, but I think this is my favorite. I can never, I really can never choose my favorite. Honestly. This is from Seneca. And he said, we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. And I think this is a good one for this episode yes. because a lot of times 
I also would like to clarify that, hold on. I would like to clarify that imagination feels very real. Like imagination is as real as anything else, right? Yeah. Like when I have a dream, that is my reality. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's hard to say like, oh, like just stop being anxious. (laughs) Just stop paying attention to those thoughts in your head. Like, no. But also understanding that there is kind of this this basis that is not just you, but a neurological thing mm-hmm. happening in your brain that is causing these thoughts yeah. oftentimes can be really helpful. And truly, I do feel like I suffer way more in my what ifs than yes. I ever do. Reality. Yes, I love that. Yeah. All right. Um, with that, thank you so much for coming on the pod, Miranda. It was absolutely amazing having you. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you want to follow along as we check off more rites of passage in our 20s, follow us, turn on notifications, share the episode. And if you're so inclined, give it some stars for the ratings. Uh, just a few, though. We don't want to get too arrogant. And thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful week. And remember that when things go wrong, you're checking something off your rites of passage list. So you are actually doing great. Um, Miranda, do you have any last words? Um, yeah, I just want to say thanks for listening. Um, keep supporting Annie. Annie, you're amazing. I love you. Um, genuinely, just all my love. Kisses, kisses. Perfect. All right, then with that, we are out. Um, I know I was like low-key shitting on journaling. Wait, can I cuss on here? Okay, sure. (laughs) Okay. Um, we after immediately having just sworn. <laughs>